Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Arizona Diamondbacks are a goddamn wagon. Hello and welcome in to another edition of the PHNX D-backs podcast right here on PHNX. My name is Derek Monte. Of course, I am your mayor of PHNX. This is your vice mayor of PHNX, occasionally known as Thunderstick Jesse Friedman. Jesse, what happened with the Diamondbacks in this giant series? Because it didn't look this good uh, when we when we last left these folks. Uh, and now things are very good. I think uh, I mean we did our takeover game one of the series, right? We did sort of a sort of a letdown, yeah. Uh, which I, I think we blame Cogs for, right? Ah, uh, Cogs, Cogs, yeah, Cogs, Cogs. Is just a very bad track record. I know the Diamondbacks <sighs> did win a game that Cogs was in attendance for this weekend. Yeah, but um, uh, they should have banned him from the field before that. They probably, right? probably. Um, but yeah, I mean, somehow the Diamondbacks came back after that, that tough loss in the first game of the series and won three in a row. And we're talking about a team that just took three out of four from the San Francisco Giants, which I think was huge for this baseball team. Absolutely. Uh, the D-backs had just lost two out of three to the Marlins, which was a big letdown. We heard some stories from the clubhouse of guys feeling pretty down after that loss. They and, said, in fact, it was the most down the clubhouse had been since the beginning of the season, right? Yeah. Because they just expected to win that series against the Marlins. And I think they wanted that bit of retribution. Obviously, the Marlins are one of only two teams that have actually won a series against the D-backs. And they felt like this one was kind of in the bag and they let it slip, you know, slip away. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the Marlins are, are you know, they're fine. They're not, a, they're not a bad team. But, you know, when you have a three-game series and you have Zach Gallen and Merrill Kelly on the mound, you feel like you're you're probably going to yeah. take two out of three. Yeah, for sure. Um they weren't able to do that, but they responded in a, in a big way over the weekend. There's a lot to get into. Dominic Fletcher just off to an insane historic start to his big league career. The greatest Italian baseball live. player of all time. We uh, apologize for that. We we were live. We were live. We we're still live. And we uh, <laughs> didn't know. Uh, it wasn't it wasn't on us and it wasn't on you. It's all right. Things happen. Technical <laughs> glitches around here. But uh, I mean, Jesse was giving an excellent explanation. I'm not sure if we got that in uh, of why this was a big series win. But obviously, uh, the biggest part of this series victory for the Arizona Diamondbacks. Hello back again. Bye. The, the, See, there, the, the, there the were chat. people here. There were for people us, here. it said that there were yeah. zero people. And we're like, this doesn't feel right. It's but all right. Anyway. Yeah, for us, it said zero people. We know. We know there would at least be five of you. Yeah. At least five <laughs> of you here. Uh, so things weren't right. But yeah, we don't know either. We're confused as well. But definitely great to see all of you guys actually here in the chat. So welcome in, guys. Um, okay, so biggest thing for this series, obviously, Brandon Fott was outstanding on Sunday. And that's the one thing. 
that even I feel like is more important than the series win here was Brandon Fott having a very, very good outing. It was against a Giants team that isn't great offensively, but still Brandon Fott goes five innings, gives up one hit, a solo home run, one run, one earned, uh, and three walks, five strikeouts. So uh, Brandon Fott, very, very good. People really had a lot of fun. With yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I think that was more entertaining than the normal show. Probably. Been, Let's so just glad, do that from now on. We'll <laughs> just be all over I'm the place. glad it worked out. Uh, yeah, Brandon Fought was a lot better yesterday, uh, especially in that first inning. I think it was just so big for him to come out and have really his first display of dominance in the big leagues. Yeah. Uh, just three three up, three down, all strikeouts. I think he threw 12, 11, 12, 12 pitches, pitches yeah. in, in that inning. Uh, you know, that's the kind of Brandon fought that, that people got so excited about in the minor leagues. And, you know, one of the best pitching prospects in, in all of baseball, you kind of saw a glimpse of that there in that first inning. Uh, he still had his, his bumps along the way. The fourth inning, it kind of felt like the, you know, the, the sky was falling and, and things were falling apart for him. Yeah. But, uh, you know, he gave up a home run to Michael Conforto, a really good at bat. Walked the next two hitters. He kind of felt like the wheels were, were coming off. And then, you know, he gets uh, he gets the next two guys out. So, uh, you know, it was good to see that bounce back. And in the future, you'd hope to maybe get him through more than more than five innings in a start. But this was an enormous step in the right direction for Brandon Fott. Can we stop worrying about Brandon Fott? I guess that's the big question. We wanted to see an outing yeah. like this. I know this doesn't mean this is who he is, nor does the first two starts really mean that is who he is. But... I feel like we were on the verge of of discussing sending him back down or if that decision was going to come about. Um, and now it feels like uh, we can maybe relax just a little bit. I think so. Yeah. The the full body of work is still very poor. Um, I mean, that's just the nature of, of giving up 13 <laughs> runs in your first two starts. Also, that's a hilarious comment yeah, from, from, from Jack. Jack. <laughs> zero, wa- zero watching was just foreshadowing the attendance of the upcoming series. Plus, Jack, Jack. Very, very well done. Uh, yeah, Fought was, you know, sort of a disaster in those first two starts. So from a numbers standpoint, it's going to take him a while to kind of dig his way out of this hole. Even after five innings, one hit, one run. Yes, I don't care. I don't care about the stats. I don't care about yeah. digging the hole out of the stats. I care about like him looking like the picture that yeah, we're exactly expecting. Even to, even if yeah. the Diamondbacks only get five innings out of him, even if the next five starts are only five innings, if we're talking about three earned or less in those five er, five uh, innings, I don't or uh, five 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 starts, five innings, whatever. I don't care. I just need him to not blow it completely. Now, like you said, there was that inning where he kind of walked the line and it felt a little bit like maybe the wheels were falling off for him a bit. So it's not like it was it like it's not even like the numbers for his line for this outing truly reflect how things kind of wavered there. But yeah. what we wanted to see was him be able to go out against big league hitting and be the pitcher that we know he is. And that's what we saw against the Giants. Much less much less, you know, fastballs right down the middle. Uh, he did a yeah. better job of of using his breaking stuff and and hitting the edges. Uh, he was just he was just a better pitcher. He really was. He absolutely was. And that was the thing that totally stuck out to me early in the start, especially. He was just painting corners. He was just painting corner after corner after corner. Um, and you know, there's still maybe an occasional mistake pitch in the middle of the zone. But it was it was completely different from what we saw from Brandon Fott in those first couple of outings. Uh, the other thing that we expected him to adjust that he did adjust is he kind of backed off the fastball a little bit. 
Um, his fastball usage has crept down in each of his starts so far. He threw a few more curveballs yesterday. He threw some more sweepers as well. The changeup usage kind of kind of hung steady. That pitch he didn't increase the usage of. Um, as far as you know, whiffs and and you know, getting guys to chase out of the zone. I still think it, it wasn't uh, an outstanding outing for him in in that regard. Sure. You'd still like to see him get a little bit more chase on uh, on the changeup, on the sweeper. Uh, he did not get a swing and miss on his changeup all game yesterday. That's going to be a really important pitch for him, especially against lefties. Uh, his sweeper, I think, does work to lefties, but the changeup is a really important weapon. He pretty much exclusively uses that against against lefties. So. That's something to watch moving forward. But yeah, I mean, like if this is how Brandon Fott's career had started, like if we didn't have those last two starts and this is how it started, it wouldn't have been like the the absolutely perfect debut, but it would have been a pretty darn good one. And and I think he, you've just kind of seen him settle in and and just get more comfortable pitching at this level. And and yeah, I'm optimistic that we're going to continue to see more of him improving and making adjustments and becoming more like the pitcher we expected him to be. We absolutely uh, need that from him because, again, yeah. if, if he can be that guy and you have that one, two, three punch at the beginning of the rotation, um, it just allows a little bit more flexibility there in the back end when it comes to Zach Davies potentially coming back. Uh, Tommy Henry has been pitching well, so he would make for a good four or five starter. Uh, you also have Brian Nelson and Dre Jamison still in the mix as well. So. Uh, the the starting rotation that kind of looked a little bit desperate there for a minute is is leveling out and and a big part of that is Brandon Fott being the pitcher that uh, we hope he can be that the organization hopes that he can be. Tommy uh, Henry was also pretty good. Yeah, he was. Uh, in that in that start that we were all at together, six and two thirds, two runs. Uh, like we talked about on Friday, it wasn't you know he didn't have seven strikeouts or anything. There's still some swing and miss that you need to see from Tommy Henry in order for him to be uh, successful in the long term. But he took a step forward. Brandon Fott took a step forward. Uh, as of this moment, Derek, when Zach Davies comes back, it sort of feels like Ryan Nelson is the primary candidate to be the the odd man out. We're still. Yeah. Probably a, a week or more away from that, depending on how many more rehab starts the D-backs want to give to Zach Davies. Um, but yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how how that decision unfolds. All right. Well, uh, the Diamondbacks in this series put up some good numbers. Let's take a look at those numbers in this series. They uh, actually did pretty good job overall uh, here when it came to relief pitching ERA, which was something that obviously was a big concern. Their bullpen uh, really stepped up in this series. Things things were a little exciting at times, but they still managed to get the job done and take three out of four against the Giants, which is the first time they've done that in six years, Jesse. Over six years since the last time they beat the Giants in a four-game series. That's pretty crazy. Oh, no. Um, Chris is here, you guys. Uh-oh, Chris is here. This we, can't be good. Yeah, um, we're in trouble. She came to the studio <laughs> while we're doing the show. I'm worried. I'm terrified, in fact. The the D-backs bullpen gave up four runs in the series, and or four earned runs in the series. Three of those earned runs were from Jose Ruiz in the ninth inning of, of the Thursday game. Friday, Saturday, Sunday, the D-backs bullpen only gave up one earned run total. So, yeah, that was a big a big reason the D-backs won this series. The Giants bullpen, on the other hand, as you see here, a 9.24 ERA, Derek. The San Francisco Giants came into Arizona. Their starting pitchers allowed four runs in 20 and a third innings. But it didn't matter because the Giants bullpen was so, so bad in this uh, in this series that, you know, they wound up coughing up three of these four games. 
this is exactly what we thought might happen. I don't know if we prophesized that it would go this well for them as far as the wins and the losses, but we knew starting pitching was going to be difficult. Uh, and we knew that if the Diamondbacks had any hope to win this series, they needed to get to the to the Giants' bullpen. And that is essentially what what made what made them victorious here. Yeah. Uh, they also had a pretty decent batting average with runners in scoring position, obviously much uh, much different there than the Giants. And they had lots of opportunities. 235 feels like a big victory in yeah, the runners in scoring position department. <laughs> it, it has been a rough go uh, the last couple of weeks. Although I must say that I'm pretty sure Dominic Fletcher had like half of the yeah, hits with yeah, runners in scoring I mean, position in this yeah, year. Yeah, we're going to get to Dominic Fletcher, a.k.a. the greatest Italian baseball player to ever live. But it might not be. We might need to get rid of the Italian captain. Yeah, just Derek. the greatest he might, he baseball player to ever live. He might just be the greatest baseball yeah, player to ever live. Um, but before <laughs> we talk about him again, another big contribution here, like you said earlier, was Zach Gallen. Zach Gallen was very good for this team, and he does what Zach Gallen does. Not the insane... Uh, streak or anything, you know, gave up some walks, gave up some runs. So I don't know what the hell's wrong with Zach Gallen, but uh, he still won the game. And Zach Gallen is very good. Uh, seven and two thirds innings pitched. So he gave that bullpen a nice break. Five hits, two earned runs, two walks, six K. Uh, so not a not a godly, not 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 godlike performance by Zach Gallen. I'm sure he would be disappointed with that. Oh, he was. Uh, but Gallen is six and one this season now with a two point three five ERA and a zero point eight five five WHIP. Jesse. Pretty damn good numbers. Yeah, pretty darn good numbers, but I'm going to be honest. I did not think Zach Gallon was good on Saturday no, at all. No. I, I did not think his stuff was good, uh, especially early on in that outing. He was really getting rocked. I think eight of the first 11 Giants batted balls against Zach Gallon were 99 miles an hour Yikes. or higher off the bat. Yikes. There was a lot of hard contact in there. <laughs> he didn't have a great feel for his curveball or his changeup for the second straight start. And yet, because he's at Gallon, he goes out there and pitches deeper than he has in any game this season with seven and two thirds innings, uh, you know, only allowing two runs. He gave a lot of credit to the D-backs defense after that game, rightfully so. Yeah, Patel Marte sure. made a couple of very nice diving uh, plays uh, at, at second base in order to prevent a couple of key hits in, in some important situations. Um, and then there was a really nice catch from Dominic Fletcher, uh, who is really the ultimate hero of, of that game. Uh, Fletcher made a really, really nice play in the outfield uh, at, at a key moment in the game. So a lot of credit to the D-backs defense, but Zach Gallon just keeps rolling along. And, and it feels like when he has his C stuff, you know, he's still going out there and giving you a, a pretty darn good start. So this, that's the kind of role he's on right now. This bobblehead says it's Cattell Marte, but it might as well be Dominic Fletcher under there because this is very superhero-like. He's got the mask, he's got the cape. There you go. Dominic Fletcher is a real-life superhero. <laughs> he's also our king snake. Look at these numbers that are just absurd for this series. Dominic Fletcher hit 533. Eight for 15, Jesse. Wow. Eight for 15 with 11 RBI and his first two career home runs. He went off. It is easy to say that the Diamondbacks do not win this series without Dominic Fletcher's contribution. And that's not something that you can usually say from this Diamondbacks team about one specific player. Usually in a four-game series like this, it's almost difficult for us to potentially figure out who the King Snake is because there were contributions all over the place. Lourdes Gurriel, my hair twin, had the big you know game winner in Sunday's game, but still nothing in this series compares to what Dominic Fletcher did. 533. We're not talking about four for eight. We are talking about eight for 15 in a four-game series where he played in every game. Uh, the only stinker was Sunday when he went 0 for 3. Aside from that, 
Dominic Fletcher was a huge part of every win in the series and has just instantly made an impact on the major league rosters since arriving here. Yeah, I asked Dom on Saturday after Saturday's game, is this about as good as you could drop what was then his first 12 big league games? And he just kind of chuckled and was like, yeah, probably. <laughs> uh, yeah, he's uh, he's sort of, you know, uh, a man of a man of few words, at least in interview settings. Um, but yeah, you can you can tell. I mean, this is this is just an absurd way for someone to start off their big league career. Uh, we put out a, a fun trivia question on our Twitter account the other day um, about how, you know, Dominic Fletcher has been off to an extraordinary start in his big league career. Not the best start, though, Derek. Uh, in his first 12 games, Dominic Fletcher had an OPS of just over 1,200. Uh, there was a D-backs position player by the name of Mark Reynolds uh, who had a slightly higher OPS in his like first 12 games like back, in, uh, back in 2007. But just incredible what Dominic Fletcher has, has managed to do. Uh, it's still so early in his big league career, it's hard to know what to make of this. Uh, but it also is kind of funny that I, I think in terms of baseball reference war, Dominic Fletcher, at least when I looked the other day, Dominic Fletcher was third among National League rookies in, <laughs> in war behind James Outman and Corbin Carroll. Hey. But he was a pretty close third, and that's in like a quarter as many games hey. as, as, well, not a quarter, maybe a third as many games as Carroll and Outman have played. So we don't know if, if Fletcher is going to ultimately turn into like an actual rookie of the year candidate. He but is. but every, Spoiler alert. everything he's done so far has has been incredible, not just with the bat, but as we talked about earlier, his defense in the outfield has really been great as well. d had a great video on their social media about him putting up video games, video game that numbers, was, that was and funny. that's in yeah. fact what he's been doing. But uh, everything comes with a cost, right? And I don't know if the Diamondbacks foresaw Dominic Fletcher being this good on the major league roster. There's a good chance that there might have been a plan drawn up for him to be sent back down when they needed to make some of these difficult roster moves that they're going to have to make. But I don't know how you do that now at this point. Yeah, you you can't. You I mean, that without it literally insane to do that, right? So, I mean, Dominic Fletcher, he didn't single handedly win Friday's game, but he almost single handedly won Friday's game. I mean, come game. on, he had and five he was, RBI in and the he game. He was very important in Saturday's game. How well. did he not single handedly? I mean, yeah, he didn't pitch, but he single handedly <laughs> won the game. You really, um, yeah, you really, you can't, you can't send down Dominic Fletcher now or or anytime soon. So if the D-backs want to get an eighth bullpen arm in here, which we thought would happen by now, somehow they still haven't done it. Uh, they've they've gotten, swapped some arms around, so at least they brought up... Uh, Anthony Misevich. Thank you. Yeah, your uh, favorite. I'm never, <laughs> never going to say his name. Never, ever, ever. But um, It's not that hard to pronounce. Misevich. But the way, See, that, it. the way that it's spelled... The way it looks spelled, does not look like, anything like it's, it's pronounced. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's um, difficult. But yeah, I mean, they, they have been able to add an arm here and there to the to the bullpen which is important the bullpen uh is is fairly taxed and you know i mean they've they've gotten some good contributions now from guys that aren't chafin and, and miguel castro primarily they've gotten some good contributions from the rest of the bullpen kyle nelson still is very good for this team scott yeah. mcguff has not been terrible he's been able to come into games and get outs and that's important they need to find other guys that can get outs besides the two guys that they've been leaning on so much that those guys are now projected to like lead the league in in relief uh, innings pitched, and and that's not something that you ever want any of your players doing. But um, we do have the probables coming forward or going forward for the upcoming series with the Oakland A's, which uh, things look pretty good. Things look, <laughs> things don't look so bad, Jesse. I like this lineup. I like I like. Can we can we can we play the A's a little bit more often, please? 
Yeah, this is this is really something. I mean, you hear stories about the, the struggles that the A's have had so far this season and how, how bad they've been. And then you play them and, and you <laughs> see the pitching probables for a three-game series. Derek, there is not an ERA in these starters yeah. for the A's lower than 7.34 yeah, uh, in, in this three-game series. So this is a huge opportunity for the D-backs. Not only do they have all this momentum from, from winning three games in a row, now sitting at, at a 23-18 and 18 record. They're five games over 500, which is um, they're a season high for them. I think they were five games over 500 a, a week or two ago as well. But you really have a chance to build on that here. I know everyone is thinking sweep. And, and I will say it, it is it is hard to go on the road and, and sweep any team in this yeah. league. Yeah, they, they're still a major, they're league, still baseball major team. league teams, yeah. although you could make a case. There are some triple A teams out there <laughs> who might be able to hold their own against this Oakland A's team. But yeah, huge opportunity upcoming here. And and even if not a sweep, this is a series you absolutely have to win. Uh, and are we win. talking Oakland versus Reno in Reno or in Oakland? Because I think <laughs> Reno could take them in Reno. I'm just saying that, but. Uh, yes, Ryan Nelson, according to Cor- Connor, said, yikes, Ryan Nelson would be the A's best pitcher. Yes, that is the case for at least this series. Uh, not overall. I think they do have one guy that's got a lower ERA than, than Nelson, but I could be wrong about that. Um, I don't know. I, I think that we were talking about this before. It was Sean, uh, Fage, and I. Uh, Fage was proposing what, what, what do you want to see out of these next six games between these next two teams and uh he kind of said anything less than five wins seems like a little bit of a of a letdown uh, a little bit yeah, of a that's disappointment pretty, that's pretty bold there but that's, pre- that's I mean, pretty bold I mean, the I mean, play six games this week and he's saying it'll be a disappointment if they don't, they don't win, win five, five of them. them yes that's that's a that's a tall order the the pirates you know they still have a pretty good record but they've they've really really struggled in the last couple of weeks so it is a fair assessment that not only are the a's really stuck uh you know at the bottom of every major league team right now uh but the pirates have really really struggled in these last two weeks so it's a it's a, a golden opportunity for the d-backs to gain some separation from right. some of the other the other I, teams in the national I, league. I think the pirates have been losing a lot but i think that's a the, that's a team to be careful about playing right because yeah. they could easily be just as good as they've been at they're times a much better team than the oakland a's yeah for sure uh ben said when the a's moved to vegas that stadium is our house interestingly enough there's some news that comes out about uh bally Bally's, not Bally Sports, which remember, as we've talked about many times, are two different companies. Uh, Bally's is relinquishing some of the property for the Tropicana for a new 32,000, 30,000 uh, seat stadium, which is the smallest, right? It will be, make it the smallest stadium in baseball or close to it. Uh, and it would be on the strip, essentially. So it would not be on the other side of the highway, like Allegiant Stadium, it would be right in the heart of everything going on in Las Vegas. So interesting to see how that develops and how things continue to develop with the Oakland A's moving to Las Vegas. Um, that it will that will be unlike the Orlando thing. That will be a trip that this guy right here is going to take quite often. So very excited to have baseball in Las Vegas. Uh, that, that puts Piff the Magic Dragon buffets, gambling, and baseball all in the same city. Yeah, please, I will be there right away. But uh, anyway, speaking of that, make sure that you guys sign up for the Bet MGM app, uh, which does carry your reward benefits over to the Bet or to the MGM Grand and all of the MGM properties in Las Vegas for when Oakland moves there. Uh, and of course, you can get down on uh, every Saturday and Wednesday. You can claim your bonus bet on the house. Fans will automatically receive a bonus bet upon logging into their account. Bets expire after 72 hours, so don't wait. Bonus bets can only be used on on any sport wagers. So make sure to check that out on the BetMGM Sports app. 
Of course, we will also have our Knockout Nights Cornhole League on the first Friday of every month, now through August. Uh, we will be playing cornhole out at the BetMGM Sportsbook by State Farm Stadium. Uh, there'll be all sorts of specials, giveaways, BetMGM prizes, and more. So make sure to join us for that. We'll also be broadcasting this very podcast from there as well. So if you haven't signed up for the BetMGM app yet, use bonus code PHNX. There's a few different offers depending on where you live. Excuse me, but for our Arizona audience, you will get up to $100 in bonus bets on your first wager with BetMGM. Again, make sure you use bonus code uh, bonus code PHNX. Check out the show notes for full details, and now listen to the one and only Shane uh, Diefenlock talk about the disclaimer. Disclaimer, 21 plus to wager. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. U.S. promotional offers not available in Washington, D.C., Mississippi, Nevada, New York, and Ontario. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Colorado, D.C., Illinois, Indiana, Louisiana, Maryland, Mississippi, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Wyoming. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP-ARIZONA. 1-800-522-4700. Kansas, Nevada. 1-800-327-5050. Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF-IOWA. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help. Michigan. Well, if you haven't had a chance to go to gophnx.com and check out Jesse's article, he actually has a uh, – he forecasted how good Dominic Fletcher was going to be right. uh, by writing an article right in the midst of this amazing series that he had. Check that out over at gophnx.com. Grab yourself a Die Hard membership. And that way you don't miss any of Jesse's uh, exclusive Die Hard pieces as well as getting yourself a free piece of merchandise from the phnxlocker.com. Every year you're a member, you also get 20% off all future purchases. Get access to our members-only Discord lounge. You get members-only discounts with our partners, members-only invites to events, discounts on events, discounts uh, all over the place, as well as you get a $50 voucher from our friends at Mountain Mike simply for signing up. Pays for itself right away. So join us. Uh, become a diehard today. If you're right now here in the PHNX Sports YouTube channel, we thank you guys for being here. And we thank you, more importantly, for sticking through us not knowing if we were live or not. So <laughs> we love you. We thank you for being here. Uh, of course, if you haven't done so already, subscribe to the channel. Sign up for notifications. That way you don't miss when we go live. Leave us a thumbs up. That way you know you're still here and you're still watching. If you're listening to us on your favorite audio podcasting app, please subscribe to us there if you haven't done so already. Leave us a review. We always appreciate your feedback. Uh, and before we get on to the mailbag question, Jesse has a fun fact about the Oakland A's. I do. Yeah, the Oakland A's, for those who don't know, the OPS leader in all of Major League Baseball, Derek, plays for the Oakland A's. Really? It is, it is true. Who it is, is that? It is true. It is Brent Rooker. Brent, Brent Rooker. Rooker. Major League Baseball legend is hitting 308 <laughs> with a 420 on base percentage and a 650 slugging percentage. He leads baseball with a 1069 OPS. So... There you go. Be watching out for Brent Rooker this week. The Oakland A's have some not great baseball players, but they also have a player who has been extraordinarily good so far to start this season. All right. Well, there you go. That's what we got going on now. Uh, the Oakland A's. So hopefully the Diamondbacks. Remember, like, come on. You temper your expectations here. It's the Oakland A's. I know we want them to sweep them uh, effortlessly, but... Remember, uh, they're still a major league baseball team. So, uh, but that's not, that doesn't matter now. We're done with that stuff. We're uh, Oakland A's and Diamondbacks. They play baseball later. We do in this show now. And on this show, every week is shark week. Every day is earth day. And every Monday, me, Jesse and Mega Ran, we go to the mailbag. Let's go. And then once in a while, there's a letter that makes me go, wow, wow, my mailbox. 
All right, first question in the mailbag. Let's go. I forgot Damon. Damon is our facilitator facilitator of the mailbag, and I just left him out of that whole intro. Wow. Let's go, Damon. Uh, First question comes from Gabriel. He says, Zach Gallon is on pace to have a similar, if not better, season than Justin Verlander and Kershaw's MVP season. Is he a legitimate candidate for MVP or just Cy Young? Um Wow, mm. I like I like how it's like. Is he gonna get the Cy Young and the MVP, or just the Cy Young? Which one? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, why not both? He can have both. I, my money's on the Cy Young, and when I say that, I literally mean that my money is on the Cy Young for Zach Gallen. But uh, Jesse, your thoughts on him potentially being an MVP candidate? I'm looking at so Justin Verlander. He won his MVP award back in 2011. He was 24 and five with a 2.40 ERA. So. From an ERA perspective, they're in a pretty similar range. Um, Zach Gallon wins six, goes six and one essentially in his first month of, of pitching. Is twenty wins twenty wins for a guy that couldn't get five wins just a short time ago? <laughs> Is that a reasonable expo- expo- uh, expectation here? Yeah, I I'd have to go back and look a little bit closer at what happened in 2011. I think it's pretty rare for you know a pitcher with a 2.40 ERA to to come out and and win the MVP award. Sure. I I don't think that is all that likely to happen this year. Um, I think Zach Gallen has a a very viable shot at winning the Cy Young Awards for sure. But there's a lot of voters who just are pretty averse to voting for a pitcher uh, for the MVP award. And even if Zach Gallen is the best pitcher in the National League. It would ha- he would have to be that by like a considerable margin. Yeah. I mean, yeah. he would have to be like far and away the best pitcher in the National League. I don't know if, you know, with guys like Kershaw and Spencer Strider doing what they're doing, I'm, I'm not sure that's a, a reasonable expectation. Or keep winning. Keep winning. Because right now, that the, those 20-win seasons for pitchers are very rare. And he's actually on pace for that, to be honest. I mean, we could see Zach Gallen make it out of the month of, of May with 10 wins. That's kind of wild considering you still have June, July, August, September, and a little bit in October to play baseball, right? So uh, right now the team is very good when Zach Gallon is out there. And like Jesse said, even the other day when he wasn't very good, the team picked him up defensively and offensively. They made it they, – they, they won the game for him. So yeah. uh, if, if Zach Gallon can continue to be valuable to a team like this that then surprises people and makes, it, makes a playoff run – I don't think MVP is that out of out of the question, but I do agree that he would have to have some extraordinary numbers as far as leading uh, the league in, in certain categories. And he I don't was, think wins is going to be enough. Yeah, like just <laughs> looking back at at you know some of the starting pitchers in the American League that year, there just wasn't anyone all that close. I guess Jared Weaver was probably the closest one, which is weird to think about Jared Wild. Weaver being an incredible pitcher, Wild. which he was, yeah, even though he was absolutely yeah. terrible at the end of his career. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Jared Weaver was 18 and 8 with a 241 ERA, so pretty comparable numbers there. Um, it was kind of a weird year, honestly, when Justin Verlander won won that award. Um, I guess it's just kind of a matter of of some of the other MVP candidates just not being quite as strong as as maybe they they usually would have been. Uh, it looks like Jacoby Ellsbury finished second in MVP voting that year. Um, and then after that, it was Jose Bautista, Curtis Granderson. So maybe just not a good year for just, yeah, a little, a little bit. Candidates. I mean, Miguel Cabrera hit 344 that year and had a, you know, seven and a half war season from baseball reference. And so, he was fifth in MVP Yeah, voting, he was fifth. So. It's just kind of a, kind of a weird year. Maybe they people, were drunk. People I don't love Justin Verlander and, and they love Clayton Kershaw. So, I don't know if Zach Gallon quite has that that poll with voters that maybe those two would have had. All right. What else we got, Damon? 
Uh, next question comes from Michael Rokiki. Michael asked, what do you find more concerning, Josh Rojas's lack of home runs or Nick Ahmed's throwing arm? Um, I don't find Josh Rojas's lack of home runs to be all that concerning. I don't think that that's what Josh Rojas is being asked to do, especially considering how often he's been hitting leadoff. Um, Nick Ahmed's arm is concerning. Uh, I, I say that because... Nick Ahmed's defense is one of the only things that I think cements Nick Ahmed playing time. So if his defense yeah. isn't there and Geraldo Perdomo is outplaying him defensively, we already know he's doing more at the plate. So I, I, I think it's more concerning for Nick as far as playing time is concerned. But I mean, I know that there's a lot of people that aren't, you know, that, that want to see Perdomo get more playing time anyway. So, I mean, that's, that's more of a Nick Ahmed concern than I think a fan or a team concern. I think he, definitely needs to continue to play a good defense in order for him to continue to earn that playing time. I'm going to, I'm going to take the other side on this one. I think I'm a little more concerned about Josh Rojas and in his lack of, of power in general. Um, he has a 664 OPS at this point in the season. He's slugging 353. Josh Rojas is a third baseman, right? And he's a really darn good third baseman defensively. I mean, he's had an outstanding season defensively. But there aren't that many third basemen in this league that slug 353, right? Yeah. At a certain point, you need some pop from, from whoever it is that, that plays that position for you. D-backs haven't really gotten that from Josh Rojas. I think you make a good point. He's been hitting lead off a lot. So you could make a case that, you know, maybe he's kind of up there with something else in mind. He's more focusing on trying to get on base and, and whatnot than maybe blast homers. Uh, but either way, I mean, we've seen Josh Rojas in the leadoff role in the past still have some amount of pop. Yeah. So I, I think that's something the D-backs really do need to change. Nick Ahmed, his throwing arm at this point for me, it just kind of is what it is. We noticed this in spring training as well, where it looked noticeably uh, like his his throwing strength was just not what it's been in the past after yeah. the shoulder surgery. And uh, and now we have the numbers to back it up. And sure enough, it is not good. Nick Ahmed no longer has a plus arm. He has a below average arm, arm at shortstop. Uh, but he's still good enough at, you know, he's still rangy enough in order to make uh, some some good plays out there. Uh, whether he deserves playing time over Geraldo Perdomo, though, is, is you know, that's another question. He's our risk king for a reason. There you go. What else we got, Damon? Uh, Brandon Buckingham asks, what do you think, uh, excuse me, who do you think on roster is tradable to obtain an actual legit closer? Sorry, closer committee ain't working. Uh, I will agree with that. That's that second part. I don't think the closer by committee is, is working. I think, uh, you know, we talked about Tori Lovello slipping up and saying that Chafin was his closer. Uh, <laughs> and then also kind of backtracking that and saying that he's allowed to still do what he wants. We saw Miguel Castro kind of come in and yesterday's victory there in the ninth. Uh, to yeah, that close, was sort of a closer-ish it was role. Kind of, yeah, tie, tie, yeah, tie, tie yeah. game, top of the ninth, home game. Uh, um, it's normally a spot for a closer. But yeah, I mean, I think for the most part, he's doing you know what he can. He's playing it situationally, but it still relies on him uh, leaning a bit too much on those two guys, which... I feel like even though he's not calling both of them as closers, those guys are the ones that are coming in in that closer role most often. Um, maybe that allows him to maybe maybe that situation where he has used them too much allows him maybe to turn to a Scott McGuff here in a little while if he if he feels like he can rely on him. But um, back to your question, I, I don't know. I think that the Diamondbacks really do need to kind of focus at the trade deadline on on adding to this bullpen in some way, uh, and I just don't know if they're going to have. The, the, the pieces or, or want to part ways with the pieces to get like a big name closer. 
Um, it would most likely have to be somebody that maybe is just pitching well in a relief role that maybe they move them into that closer role when they, when they get here. I, I don't really know the answer, but I do know that major league baseball teams do not like to part ways with, with major league relievers, uh, with guys that are, are proven and guys that are pitching well, even if they are sellers at the trade deadline. So it's going to be difficult for them to find somebody, uh, and it's going to be difficult for them to have the capital to move in order to get uh, the piece back that, that they're wanting if they want a big, big name closer. I don't know if it would be a piece off the major league roster. Like Correct. who on who on this D backs major league roster are you gonna are you gonna move in a trade like that? There are pieces that, you know, there's there's Lourdes Guriel who certainly has some value with the season he's had. How, how but dare you're you? not yeah, yeah no, I, dare I, you? I'm I'm gonna I'm, we're not gonna you're not gonna trade Lourdes Guriel. <laughs> Well, Derek needs a, a moment of silence. I gotta, I gotta get going. You go ahead. Keep keep talking. I'll just get the hair going this way. Uh, yeah, you're not. You're you're probably not gonna. Wow, you you got some volume going. There, I, I'm trying. Look, yeah, I take his <laughs> advice seriously. Just like they take the coaching staff seriously, I try to take Lourdes's you know advice about getting more volume seriously. Well, yes, not only because of how good Lourdes has been on the field, but primarily because of the fact that Derek dyed his hair purple because of Lourdes. That's the only, yeah. It's clear the, that Lourdes Guriel is not going, not going to be not on, the, on, not, on yeah. the on the trade block. There's just no way. So, um yeah, I don't I think the D-backs would have to dip into their farm system a little bit. They do have a number of of pitching prospects in the upper levels of the minors that I think would be interesting for for other teams. The question you might have to you might have to answer at some point is are you willing to trade, you know, a uh, uh, Blake Walston? Are you willing to trade one of those pitching prospects that's getting pretty close to the majors? And, you know, I don't think anyone's saying Blake Walston's gonna be an ace. He he might be a number five starter, sure. you know? Sure. Uh, he might struggle when he gets to this level. But, you know, I mean the D backs, he was a high, high level draft pick for them, and I think they uh, they believe in his future, but that's probably what it's going to take. If you want to go out there and get yourself a bona fide closer, you're probably not trading someone off the big league roster. You're probably dipping into double A AA or triple A and and having to part with a player who's who's a pretty good prospect. And unfortunately, that's just kind of the price that you pay at the trade deadline for for back end relievers. Uh, Cog says Canzone, Dominic Canzone. He was a Rule Five draft eligible player. Nobody took him, so I don't know if the interest is there, but. Also, I think that you Dominic, know, can I say can I say Dominic Fletcher? Am I allowed to say Dominic Fletcher? Get out. No. <laughs> you're not. Dude, that was insane. Those words come out of his mouth. No, you're not allowed to say Dominic Fletcher. I'm Get, just saying, Derek. Oh man. It sort of makes sense to sell high, right? D Backs did that over the offseason, selling selling Dalton Varsho in a big trade with the Toronto Blue Jays. I, hate it. I am not I don't think the D Backs will wind up trading Dominic Fletcher, but we have to we have to come to terms uh, with the fact that left-handed hitting right. outfielder she's right. is, You're a, a is a place of strength for this organization. God they damn. have too many of them. Uh, and if you were going to make a trade at the trade deadline. Yeah, that, let's get rid of the might... best hitting one that we have right now. The best player in all of baseball. That's fair. You'd probably want to see, before you would go down that road, you'd probably want to see Jake McCarthy and or Alec Thomas, you know, kind of get rolling a little bit before you felt comfortable moving. Yeah. Granted, yeah, well, one of the one of the few guys that you have in the outfield right now that really is hitting well. Everybody says you're a buzzkill, and I have to agree with them. Uh, Jesse is a habitual line stepper, and he's proving it here today. 
Uh, speaking of purple hair, we got one more question here for the first Mailbag Monday segment. comes from Daniel Kasten who says, with the new pitch clock – oh, wait. No, this isn't the purple hair question. I apologize. No, that's fine. Put that one up because this one's Sean related. Uh, with the new pitch clock, Daniel wants to know, speeding up the game, is it possible for Sean to pause to still eat nine glizzies in nine innings? Boy, I don't know, Jesse, because <laughs> Brandon Fott had a 12-pitch – Three strikeout first inning, right? Probably only took a few minutes. Yeah. yeah. How many How many are you eating? How many are you getting? More importantly, it's not the first three innings, right? The first three innings, you're going to just, those hot dogs are done for. It's when you start backing up, right? And yeah. Sean's here to actually give his expertise on this. <laughs> and Sean, would you mind coming in here real fast? Because we have a question related to you and people want to know, uh, can you still eat nine hot dogs in a nine-inning baseball game with the pitch clock implemented. I could eat nine hot dogs in seven innings if this was like back in <laughs> wow. If it were back in like COVID, we were doing a seven-inning doubleheader. I could I could I could knock out eighteen that this, day. This seems like an unnecessary escalation. This seems like when we're playing, um, you know, like like uh, get, guess the phrase, and you unnecessarily say I can do it in two words or two guesses, right? <laughs> no, um, set nine and seven. All right. Well, we're gonna make that happen. We're gonna make we're that happen. We're definitely gonna hold Sean to. I'm gonna. I want to sure. see if I can hang uh, with that. Well, you do have to consider that the concessions close before the ninth inning, anyways. So I generally have, when I did the ninth innings, I had the hot dogs by the seventh inning, anyways. Just saying. Right. Well, now they Just close. Saying. Now concessions close in the eighth inning. That's right. So you've got. That's a right. Little, you've got a little extra. Got more time, time for beer. Remember, don't forget that. Well, thank you. Uh, thank you for your expertise. And yes, we're gonna get video <laughs> on, of that it's coming to you soon. So. Uh, we'll figure this out. We'll, we'll we want we want a, like a pitching like a one nothing pitching duel to really test how yeah how, you know three yeah, hits give me, to two give me hits. one of those like hour and forty five yeah, minute yeah, pitch clock yeah. pitch clock I specials. I want to put this to the test. Let's let's <laughs> test him. I know I know he can eat burritos very fast because I've seen him do it. I just saw him do it today. Uh, and of course, big shout out to our friends Burrito Express for facilitating that. Uh, we love the homies <laughs> over at Burrito Express. You should check out. Uh, they're multiple Valley locations. They're all about supporting their community. They support ASU athletics and their athletes. Uh, they have some uh, sponsored athletes over there, and they have the best burritos that you can find. Uh, so, of course, we thank them for the food. Grab a burrito and follow Burrito Express on Twitter today at Burrito EXP at the end uh, and check out their locations. They're all over the valley. Uh, and before we get on to more Mailbag Monday questions presented by More Furniture, we got to remind you to check out more furniture because they uh, made our office beautiful. Uh, I still, every time I'm tired, Jesse, every single time I'm tired, I think of falling asleep in these recliners. That's mm -hmm. the big dream. Uh, even my recliners at home aren't, aren't as good as the ones here. But uh, of course, that's only because we didn't have to move them up five flights of stairs. So big shout out to more furniture. They, they become noticeably less comfortable when you when every time you sit in them you have to like you had to think move them about the time you move them, them. yeah but the time you, move them. Oh. you don't have yeah, to because you hate them. it after a while you have like this animosity towards your own couch because you scraped your wall and you ruined it and you just painted and now look at what your wall looks like See, i moved a bunch of furniture yesterday for my mom for mother's day oh. and i think i'm gonna be sore for weeks there. oh my god so yeah it's gonna it's gonna take me a while do you think that you could this. get them to come back out after you bought and had the furniture delivered and have them move around for you too. Maybe just pay them extra money. Or <laughs> can I get the white delivery, white glove delivery service to come just move my shit around, please? But uh, you can save big on the best furniture in the valley when you head to morefurniture.com. 
Uh, and of course, Elizabeth, she wants a Chase Lounge update. Jesse, any any Chase Lounges? No, no, no Still Chase, no Chase lounges. lounges. I was in my parents' house yesterday yeah. though, and they have a lovely Chase Lounge oh. that I'm really hoping to pry away. He's from eyeing it. Look at him. He's eyeing it. Um, Are you guys doing anything with that one? It's just yeah. sitting in the foyer. Over <laughs> Jesse here. sets up a tent on the Chase Lounge <laughs> at his parents' house. No one is allowed to sit in that uh, while Jesse's it's there. It's mine. This is mine. All right, we got some more Mailbag Monday questions. What do we got, Damon? Uh, Frank the Tank on Twitter at Diamondback1325 asks, could we move Nelson out of the rotation? Fott made the case to stick around a few more starts. Jamison has the tools but needs the time to be a starter again and get his flow back. I like Dre. Hoping to see him back with the club too. Uh, we like Dre too, of course. Dre is uh, personally my favorite, uh, just based on our relationship with him. But also, how I dare you turn your I, back on Lourdes I, I like really, that, Derek? Uh, well, we're talking specifically <laughs> about the young pitchers. I'm not talking about okay. me and Lourdes are like this, son. <laughs> we're like peanut butter and jelly. Actually, we're more like jelly and jelly. It's like grape jelly and grape jelly. But um, <laughs> when it comes to the young pitchers, uh, obviously, I'll say we. You know, we've we've had Dre on the show. We've talked to Dre a bit more. You know, personally, I like Dre. I like Dre as a person, but beyond that, I like Dre as a competitor. He has this fiery nature that both amuses me and like excites me as a fan of baseball because he really does want the ball in in every big scenario. He it feels like even even if he's gonna fail, it feels like he still wanted the ball, and that's something that's yeah. different sometimes from some of these guys. I think some players are too worried about how they'll be perceived if they say certain things a certain way, whereas Dre doesn't really care. He will openly say that he wants the ball in big situations and he doesn't really care what that big situation is. Uh, I could see Ryan Nelson not be part of the starting rotation. We spoke about that earlier, and we we do. there is a case to be made that when Zach Davies comes back, if Tommy Henry continues to pitch the way he's been pitching, that Ryan Nelson might find himself being the odd man out. Tommy Henry also has the advantage of being a lefty which I don't know how much stock the D-backs necessarily put in that. They're probably just kind of trying to pick the five best pitchers. But with Madison Bumgarner out of this rotation, Tommy Henry's the only lefty that they have. Um, so, you know, maybe that gives him something of an upper hand. Uh, but, yeah, as we were talking about earlier, I think if you're if you're picking, you know, the odd man out right now between Fott, Nelson, and, and Tommy Henry, Ryan Nelson is is probably that guy, but he's going to get another start in Oakland. And, you know, if he goes out against a, a very poor Oakland A's lineup and, you know, gives you six innings of one run ball or something, then it becomes pretty tough, uh, you know, to, to just send him down after an outing like that. So this is going to be a tough decision for, for the D-backs no matter what. I think Brandon fought. There's still some chance, you know, if he goes out and, and struggles in his next outing, maybe the D-backs would go that direction. Maybe they go to a six-man rotation. I, I don't know. Mike Hazen at one point over the offseason left that as being a, a possibility. I don't think the D-backs would do that because uh, you don't want – the last thing you want is Zach Gallen and Merrill Kelly pitching less. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, it, it, it's going to be a hard decision for them no matter what. All right. What else we got, Damon? Uh, Jacob asked, do you think Alec Thomas has a bit of Christian Walker 2022 syndrome or is it – uh, just what we should expect from here on out. Props to our young king uh, for getting over the Mendoza line. And yeah, he's just talking about Alec Thomas kind of struggling there at the plate. Christian Walker in 2022 was hitting the ball hard. He was just hitting it right at defenders. Yeah. I think there's a little difference there. Alec Thomas, I mean, it, it's 
it's kind of a, a, I guess, kind of an inside joke that we have. But we we honestly say the minute that Alec Thomas makes contact, we, we're sitting there saying soft contact to the right side. And that's literally Alec Thomas's Achilles heel right now. It's like if he's not making good contact the rest of the time, he's constantly hitting it to the exact same spot softly uh, to the right side of the infield. And I'm sure there's a lot of players that that do that regularly when they're not having success. But Alec Thomas lately, it's kind of feast or famine with him. You'll you'll either see him constantly ground out or you'll see him, you know, kind of have a big day where he kind of spreads it around a bit. I I, I would say at least from uh, – you know, a positive perspective, Alec Thomas is still making contact and, and he's making contact consistently. He's just not having success. Uh, his defense, though, much like Christian Walker in 2022, makes him a, it makes it a bit harder to to send him down or bench him when he's just such a vital part of this team in the outfield. I will say that Alec Thomas's defense, I don't think has been I would not at all say it's been bad, but. If you try to think back to like an Alec Thomas highlight moment in center field this year, it's pretty tough. I'm not sure if I can really think of like a really, really good play that Alec Thomas made. I, I that disagree. Corbin I, wouldn't have made or well, Dominic Fletcher yeah. wouldn't have made. I, I don't know, though, because like the one difference there is that we've seen Corbin Carroll kind of have some spectacular plays lined up where he didn't make it. And yes, if he would have caught it, it would have been a highlight real play. But it is something that we have kind of gotten accustomed to seeing. Alec Thomas do out there. Alec Thomas sometimes plays that center field in Ch- at Chase Field so well that it, that he makes it look easy. You know, that's I mean, fair. Cor- but- Corbin Carroll had some botch catches where I don't think Alec Thomas would have done the same thing. Obviously, but athletically, yes, you're right. Corbin Carroll can get to the ball the same way that Alec Thomas can. He's he's even faster than Alec. So once he kind of I think gets used to playing center field uh, in in specifically in Chase Field. I'm not talking about anywhere else. Chase Field just so damn odd that you, yeah. you kind of see some weird quirks when when he's out there playing that, that Alec Thomas is, has quickly adapted to out there. Yeah, I mean, according to the numbers, Alec Thomas has zero outs above average. So from the stat cast perspective, Alec Thomas has basically been a league average center fielder. Defensive run saved, more sides with what you're talking about. He has three defensive runs saved, which is pretty good at this point in the year. So... Probably too early to be, you know, reading too much into defensive metrics at at this point. Sure. But yeah, all I'm saying is I don't think that Alec Thomas's center field defense is so good that you need to have him in the big leagues just because of that. Correct. I agree. If if Alec Thomas, you know, if Alec Thomas wasn't on the major league team, you know, Corbin Carroll could play center field. Dominic Fletcher has looked decent out there in center field, although they would probably prefer Corbin Carroll to get those innings. Um, so I, yeah, I just think it's, I, I think it's at least a possibility that they could do without his defense if they needed to. There was this narrative early in the season with Alec Thomas, very similar to Christian Walker of last year, where his baseball savant page was lovely, right? There was all yes. this red yes. on Alec Thomas's yes. baseball savant page, which we talked about at length. That's that red is sort of dissipated a little bit over the last few weeks, um, his baseball savant page is a little more average-ish at, at this point. Yeah. Uh, his strikeout rate has crept back up over 22%. So his strikeout rate is basically league average. His walk rate's a little bit below league average. Uh, his ground ball rate has come down a little bit from last year, although it's still quite high. So yeah, the reality is Alec Thomas is is not really getting robbed anymore. Um, I, I don't I don't think he's had this great season and the number it's just not showing up in the box score. I think there are some real adjustments that need to be made there offensively. And we've seen some glimpses of it. He has over the last couple of weeks, I think he started to 
uh, hang in there a little bit better. Uh, but against lefties, it, it continues to be a, a major struggle. The reality is Alec Thomas probably shouldn't be playing against lefties if the D-backs can avoid it. All right, what else we got, Damon? Uh, next question comes from Larry Jones, and he says, according to Stuff Plus, Ryan Nelson's stuff has ticked up dramatically in the last two starts. Uh, his fa fa fastball velo averaged over 95 miles per hour as well. Do you know of any adjustments he's made to make this happen? Uh, that's something I'm going to completely toss to Jesse uh, because I have a I have one small theory, and I think that is that we already knew Ryan Nelson's numbers from the minor leagues, and those numbers that you described are a bit more of what we saw out of him in the minors. Ryan Nelson was actually yeah. kind of trending to be a much better starting pitcher than Dre Jameson and better option than maybe even Zach Davies. But we haven't seen Ryan Nelson have that kind of stuff at a major league level. So I would just say as far as throwing my opinion out there about it, I feel like it's because he's relaxing. He's settling in. It's not this, you know, kind of uh, anxiety over performing well or basically losing your job. Maybe he's just able to go out there and, and pitch and not have a lot of that stuff uh, that can that can cause it, you know, stress to you uh, to be floating around in your head. Yeah, we actually didn't talk with Ryan Nelson um, after his most recent start. Uh, we were doing a post game show that day, so I wasn't out at the ballpark. Uh, so I haven't had a chance to talk with Ryan Nelson in the last few days about, you know, what adjustments he, he might have been making. But it is a it is a good point. Uh, Ryan Nelson back on April 15th. That was his third start of the season. His four seam fastball averaged 93.1 miles an hour, which is okay, but it's not where Ryan Nelson needs it to be, yeah. ideally, in order for him to be successful. In his last two starts, that velo has sat at 95.6 and then 95.5 in his most recent one. So that's a really significant uptick. Yeah. Um, I think early in the season, it it was it was kind of just that his stuff had dropped off a little bit and we weren't totally sure why. I think what you've seen is him just kind of get it back a little bit more to where it was last year. Maybe a tick above that. Um, but yeah, hopefully we'll get it. We'll get a chance to catch up with with Ryan sometime soon and see if there are any any key adjustments that have played into that. Um, you know, my guess is he's just been kind of working with Strami and, you know, yeah. making making some tweaks here and there to try to get his stuff back to where it was. Unfortunately for him, that hasn't been enough, right? He's still he's still really struggling, even with the velocity uh, ticked up as as we've seen in these last couple starts. Brent Strom's an incredible pitching coach, but believe it or not, he doesn't make as big of adjustments as you think. He just kind of tries to yeah. remind them of what's working well for them. Um, but these are all young guys that that you know the the information passed along, the tutelage from someone like Stromy can really help them. And and, and I mean, again, we've just We've talked in general about how weird he can be when he comes out to the mound for a mound visit uh, as far as the content, as far as where he's there to speak about. And I feel like this is a man that very much knows what pitchers need to hear at times. And a lot of times, it's just that they need to relax. And it probably goes across baseball. Pitchers, hitters, everybody, when, when, they're, just, when, they're, when they're too anxiety-riddled, when they're too just out of their own, like when, when they're not just playing their game and they're not feeling it, uh, that, that can really impact them. And I think that someone like Strom knows that something as small as uh, telling someone a silly dad joke on the mound is going to get them to relax a little bit. And, and I, think maybe Tori, I think Tori is more the one who's going out there telling dad jokes. He talked about that the other day when I think Corbin Carroll had fouled a ball like 
bounced on the dirt and then hit him in the face or something. Oh, yeah. Really yeah. Weird yeah, it was a real weird play. Yeah. Happened a few days ago. And uh, yeah, after the game, Tori was like, usually when I go out there in those moments, I just try to tell jokes and, and get guys' minds yeah. off minds off of yeah. those things. I'm not so sure that Brent Strom has the same I guarantee approach. I'm like, not making this up, Jesse. <laughs> this is what players have said to us about Strom and what you Strom's business are. You think are. like somebody just can't, oh, throw, can't throw a strike man. and Strom, he goes out there and is like, Telling telling dad jokes. Yes. Uh, okay. yes. All right. <laughs> yes. Yes. I like I feel like you don't even remember the conversations we have with players, I, to be honest. I, I, You're 24. I'm 42. <laughs> I'm the one that shouldn't be remembering this shit. What else we got, Damon? <laughs> oh, Chris. Chris was just in here, and I don't know how fast she got out of here to be emailing us. She's in the chat now. Uh she's calling you mean Jesse today. Uh, and she asks. Top five favorite baseball slang words or phrases must include at least one home run reference. Uh, and that I didn't home, see this one earlier. That this home run reference would be, would be Plataka. I ah. love I love the word Plataka. I wanted to name the snake Plataka, but the snake is dead. So no more home runs. Didn't run you snake. say it was Plataka? No plata- like La Plaka? No, it's Plataka. It's, it's plataka. plataka, yeah. Okay. Which is okay. the sound uh, Hispanic players say that the bat makes when you hit it well. When you hit the ball well, which is, which is just objectively false. Plataka. Everybody knows that it, it does not make that sound, Derek. It's a good, it's a good sound. It's a good sound. Uh, dinger, dinger's a good one. Dinger comes to mind yeah. for sure. Yeah. Um, other just like so, just baseball slang, just baseball in general. slang. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Uh, I like I like Apo taco. I hate. Oh, you hate Apo taco. Apo taco. You use Apo taco quite a bit. I do not use Oppo Taco. Well, okay, well, like, okay, to be I, fair, maybe Jesse uses about... it on the Twitter because he thinks I'm going to use it on the Twitter. I don't know. I might have. I I've might seen have you used Oppo Taco. On, I might have used it on the Twitter. No Oppo Taco. Point. Okay. No, I think I think Oppo Taco is just a sad like we didn't know any other word that rhymed with Oppo except for Taco, so we're just gonna like put those two words together, even though they have absolutely nothing in common. Um, do 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 we not get tacos at five runs every in every ballpark? True. In, in the yeah, I'm a, I'm all right if you drop an oppo taco. You know, if it if it actually at that point means that, that fans get tacos, yeah. but yeah. just people don't always use it that yeah. way. Derek, piss um, missile, piss missile. That's something that uh, I've come to love a lot and don't use nearly as much as I should. <laughs> That's a good one. Uh, I also like hmm. ben, ben says skip for manager. I call Tori skip quite a bit. Sure. Uh, yeah, I call Tori all the names for manager. Uh, but yeah, what else? What else you got? Anything else? Um, I like, I like the high cheese. I like the cheddar. There's a player specific one that I like, uh, Schwarber for Schwarbaum. I think that's pretty cool. Oh, Schwarbaum's good. Sure. Uh, We can't, we can't, uh, you're banned from the show now because we can't be, uh, honoring other teams players on this show about the diamond. (laughs) I said it was a player specific one. You got anything else? That's I think that's just about all I got. Oh. I'm like blanking on all my baseball slang yeah. right now. Yeah. Um, I don't know. What do you guys got? Any uh any I Cog says I love the term bump day. Bump day? I what swamp donkey. Swamp donkey is pretty good. Yeah, swamp donkey. Uh thanks, guys. What else we got? You got any more qu- Oh, uh Jack J says uh nuke. And then Gabriel comes with the golden sombrero. So, yes, I like Ooh, those. Golden, golden sombrero. sombrero. That's a good one. Golden sombrero yeah. is fantastic. Um, all right. What else we got, Damon? Uh, Solar Flame 0601 asks, should Captain Caveman dye his hair purple again to help Guriel Jr. play even better? I mean, it's already purple. It's so purple. And the purple hasn't faded much it's yet. It's crazy. So. Like, Jesse, I woke up. I wake up in the morning. I wait for it to go away or fall out. 
Um, and it does neither of those things. It just gets more purple. And I really, I really am still kind of uh, not understanding what's happening here. Uh, I want to give you guys a little piece of information. Lourdes Gurriel, since the day that I dyed my hair purple, um, has started in eight games, played in nine. Uh, he has two game-winning hits in that time frame, Jesse. He is slashing nice. 452, 541, 968 with a 1.508 OPS. Four home runs, four doubles, and eight RBI. Should I dye my hair purple again? I think I should dye my beard purple. I think I should dye my <laughs> eyebrows purple. I think I should go full out. I mean, come on, man. Yes, Gabriel says chest hair purple, everything. Let's go. I'm doing it. I'm in for it. Whatever it takes for the team to win. That's what's important here. But um, no, I won't be dyeing my hair any more purple. Uh, and you're lucky if it makes it out of the month of May. That's all I'm saying. Uh, but I am going to be going on a road trip to Las Vegas, and this hair is going to be very fun in the city of Las Vegas. I'll check out the new site of the Oakland A's and report back to you guys, but uh, I will definitely be fueling up at Circle K for my road trip on the way out there, and you should too, whether you're going on a road trip or whether you're just driving across town. Check out our lo local Circle K for not only me on the little video screen, but for the best coffee, beer, and snack selection you can find. And of course, don't forget that premium gas so that you can visit uh, with little Derek in the screen. Uh, remember, Polar Pop, stay cold longer. Enjoy. Uh, also, you get their iced coffee for $1.89 and the Monster and Red Bull energy drinks that fuel me. Uh, Monster's three for $6. Red Bull's three for $8. Make sure you're not missing out on all this great stuff right now. Uh, you can text PHNX to 31310 to make sure you join their SMS subscriber club and you will get a buy one, get one free offer for a 32-ounce Polar Pop. So there you go. Head to circlek.com slash store dash locator to find Circle K's near you and one thing you can find at circle k of course is our friends at four peaks four peaks is all about uh of course uh making sure you enjoy the beer that they have they offer a wonderful variety of beers so no matter what type of beer you like four peaks has you covered they also have you covered with four peaks four seats for an arizona diamondbacks game one lucky winner will get four seats to an upcoming diamondbacks game tickets come with d-bucks so you can grab some food ice cold wow wheat or hot knot and you can enter by going to Four Peaks Brew on Instagram. The link is in our bio. Check out at Four Peaks Brew or at Four Peaks Pub to keep up with the latest Arizona's hometown brewery. Must be 21 years or older to drink Four Peaks. Please drink responsibly, but anyone of any age can enjoy their wonderful chicken tendies at the Four uh, Peaks 8th Street Pub. So make sure to check out that location as well. Uh, well, we got that series with the Oakland A's. We will be back tomorrow. Here's our schedule for this week. We got that post-game show tomorrow night, and then we have a post-series show after Wednesday's fin finale. Uh, we'll be back here on the off day uh, on Thursday at 1 p.m. An off day. Imagine uh, that. Man. It's been a while. <laughs> I don't know what to do with myself on these off days. Uh, and then we will have our post-game show for the first game of the Pittsburgh Pirates series. Uh, of course, we will be back here after that one week later on Monday. So, we All right, I have, guys. Uh, I have some, some slang. You have some, some slang? Some baseball oh, slang. Oh, Jesse looked for, up. He got it. Us. What do you got? What do you got? Yeah, so so I, I twin killing for twin, a double play. Ah, twin killing that's is a good a, one. That's a pretty good one. I haven't heard that one um, in a while. Web gem. Oh. I like gem. that one. Web I named gem. my first ever baseball podcast after it. Yeah, so that's there right. you go. That's yep. right. Rip, rip the web gem podcast rip the web gem. Uh, rip from the 2015. Rip the knuckle curve. Um, What else we got here? A can of corn. I kind of like that. What you is know, a can of a corn? A can of corn is like a really easy play for okay. a defender to make. Usually I have like a never easy fly heard ball. Specifically a pop-up, right? 
specifically? Yeah, yeah usually, uh, yeah, like a high pop-up never, or something like never that. Never heard that one. Never. That's new to me. You've never heard can of corn? I've never heard of can really? of corn. Never. That's new huh. to me. Who knew? Interesting. Who knew? Uh I want to take a moment, by the way, while Jesse's going through more, maybe there's more baseball so many slang. He's got some more. Yeah, there. there's way slang. more baseball uh, slang terms. Today, obviously, we're, we're past the day, but we want to give a quick shout out to all the mothers out there. Happy Mother's Day to you all. Uh, and if you aren't a mother, but uh, have a mother, happy Mother's Day to your mother. We love your mother and we love you guys. And we thank you guys, of course, for joining us and loving baseball. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter. I'm at cap underscore caveman with a K. This maniac is at Jesse N. Friedman, and he's still going to be looking up slang terms for the rest of the day. I am. Uh, so you can There's literally, I'm him. looking at a list of 150 yeah, of them right now, busy. Derek. He's going to be He's going to take busy. all afternoon. Uh, Damon's at Damon <laughs> Dog. That's D-A-W-G with a little at the end. Of course, our show is at PHNX underscore D-backs, but all roads lead to at PHNX underscore sports on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. We thank you guys so much uh, for joining us today. We appreciate you and your time uh, on behalf of Damon, Jesse, and myself. We thank you guys for joining us. And remember, kids, baseball is fun, but it's so much more fun when your team has the greatest living Italian baseball player to ever play the game on it. <laughs>